What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. We were just laughing off air at how Ryan Seacrest is just taking everybody's job, uh, unbeknownst to us. And so, yeah, totally unrelated. Um, there's a ton of stuff going on. Uh, you know, we titled the show All Good Things. Some of them are good things. Um, unfortunately, some things are not good things, but that's okay. Uh, we're bringing back, bringing back, I said bringing back on social media. I don't think we've ever actually used this before. Like I, in theory, we would like draw topics out of a hat, but like we actually have this spin wheel that um, we used for uh, a giveaway once and it just sounds so good. That, that like that we, have, good. We, we have to do it again. So we're going to do that. Uh, we're, we got a whole bunch of different topics about, uh, you know, soccer literally all over the world. We're going to talk about all of them. Um, did you Kev, get the spinner? Did you get the spinner because you were like cleaning out a closet and you're like, ah, yeah, I have this. I should probably. No, but funny enough, we did just literally my garage is filled with scout crap because we had to move everything out of the church somewhere and there was nowhere else to put it. So I've been like just going through and throwing stuff in the garbage. But there have been all like I could totally see that being something that was like in the back of a closet somewhere that we found. Yeah, you, you bought that especially for this podcast, didn't you? I did because I tried, like I tried 3D That's printing us. one and it just didn't. It just I mean, listen, to, I mean, you can't. This is just like this is Wheel of Fortune. Like it's it's yeah. So, yes, I got that on Amazon. Um, but Kev, you were in Copenhagen. I was in Copenhagen. Yeah, I was there for a conference. Um, and, uh, you know, conference is not that interesting, especially for this context. Uh, but the city was really cool. Very, very nice city. Um, if I make a pro con list, weirdly enough, the number one thing on like the pro side of the pro con list is, I don't know, in my so in my lived experience there for the six days I was there, everyone was just really really nice um was that a con for you no but <laughs> valid question, valid question. They, they were they were all very nice um they all thought i was danish because you know just white tall and blonde so I you know it's yeah. right riley was there with me and the, i would say the majority of the time people would initiate a conversation with her in english and i would say maybe about half the time for me, they would initiate a conversation in Danish and I'd be like, Oh no, sorry. And they'd quickly turn to English and with like, and not be annoyed at all and just be really nice and really happy. But yeah, it's really cool city. Uh, great weather. Um, you know, right now it's like 72, like the high is 72 in July. Um, uh, and yeah, just cool architecture. It's by the sea. We got some cool, yeah. Like just design of the city and everything. It was, it was fun. I like to imagine that you have a Google folder full of spreadsheets of pro con lists <laughs> for everything. Like not just places you visit. I have one for you. Screens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know what we know what it's like inside your head. It's cool. We've known you long enough. Yeah. yeah if I ever go see like you know, a therapist, which I would love to, you know, I just I would just give them the whole back catalog of this show and just be like, here, this is where you can start. <laughs> like, start here. Yeah. <laughs> all like thousand episodes that we've yeah. done at some point i should go back and look and see how many episodes we have actually done because it's been a at one point we looked and we were at like 300 400 and this was years ago so i'm not saying we're you know approaching a thousand but i wouldn't be that surprised to see us above 500 which is kind of insane so we show up people we do show up it's um, not great, but we show up. <laughs> we're not promising it to be good, but we do show up. When we were uh, when we were coming home from the game uh, this past weekend, I had my nephew uh, with me in the back seat, and he got on the full ninety. So uh, he got a sticker. I sent him over to talk to Liz, um, and uh, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I need to like check out your show." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, go look at it." And like, I guess he he pulled it up on on either uh, iTunes or Spotify or somewhere. And his immediate reaction was like, holy crap, how many episodes do you guys have? And it's like, yeah, this has been this has been a little racket that we've been doing for quite a while now. So it just kind of builds up over time. Um, yeah. Josh, did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, was the game? Yeah, the game was this weekend. So mm -hmm. that was fun. But then I before the game, I uh, went home for my mom's retirement party. So nice. went home Friday nights, drove home 
spent the night at their house, had the party, and then right like as a party was, you know, about over about two, three hours into the party. I was like, okay, gotta go. So then drove back to Pittsburgh and uh, made it in time for the game. Uh, was it Wabash Tunnel? Yeah. Google does not know how that tunnel works. So like, I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm just like following Google's instructions, you know, directions. And mm-hmm. I get to the Wabash Tunnel. It's like, yeah, go, go through that tunnel. I'm like, it says closed. Like there's like a big giant thing down that you can't go in there. So... Then it's I'm like, what, like Roadrunner with like Looney Tunes or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're fine. Just go through that tunnel. I'm like, no. And then at that point, I'm like going up Mount Washington. So now I have to like traverse down Mount Washington to yeah. try to get. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a pain. But other than that, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a tunnel closed, you're you're set back a good half hour, 45 minutes anywhere in town. Um, that's no fun. What's the other option other than Google for that? I mean, you're not using Apple Maps, that's for sure. Apparently, it's better. I, I still, I've not opened that app since when it first came out. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's it's terrible." I'm like, "Okay, forget about it." I'd be yeah. interested to see if it actually is better. Yeah, because I, I just I'm the same. I just I was like, "Oh yeah, I heard it's bad." And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, guys, some sad news before we get into our topic. Go round topic roulette. I don't know what we can call this. Uh, Gene Klein passed away earlier today, and so um, you know we obviously are most familiar with Gene in his years when he was broadcasting for the Hounds, but uh, his history goes way back beyond that. Um, he was an assistant manager. He was a manager of the team. He was a GM. He uh, he really helped start the academy. He was sort of instrumental in sort of pulling the team through the whole bankruptcy thing. Uh, you know, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame um, recently. So, you know, really a name synonymous with the Hounds. Um, he will definitely be missed. Uh, Josh had the great idea of pulling up one of the episodes that we had him on where he was sort of just going back and talking through his history and reminiscing, uh, you know, old stories about just being around the team and being involved. And so we posted that, um, you know, if you subscribe on, on, uh, on any podcast subscriber, that will show up right before this show. So go give that, go give that a listen. I think it was from 2018. Um, my voice sounds like three octaves higher, which I don't know why, but, uh, life has ground you down. <laughs> it clearly has, but, uh, but yeah, it definitely sad one, um, today, uh, you know, Gene will definitely be sorely missed. Um, we still talk about how, you know, we miss having him and Matt and Paul calling the games for the Hounds. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was a big, I mean, having them call the game was a big, um, it, it deepened my fandom and yeah. like support of the club in a pretty significant way. Um, I mean, they were just, they, they made it, they made watching the Hounds such a, f- on a base level, such a familiar kind of like experience um, based off of just the quality of their commentating. I think I've always taken it for granted um, watching other leagues and how good the production level is for other leagues. Um, and for, you know, for the, for the level at which the USL is at in the U S to have that type of professionalism and like production quality given by you know, his voice and, and their voices was just, yeah, it was, it was a big kind of pivotal moment for me uh, early on to be, especially cause like, you know, I consume most of my hounds things, um, you know, remotely. So yeah, they were big. What was the last game you've been to? How long has it been? I'm, this, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm, it's been probably a few two years, years ago, ago, I think. Yeah. yeah two years ago. Yeah, uh, I know over on uh, Twitter, uh, the Steel Army has been like retweeting everyone's condolences and that kind of stuff. And you just see from all different, you know, areas of soccer, people tweeting about him and like giving their condolences and their memories. And it just he had a huge, huge impact on Pittsburgh soccer. So, yeah, listen to that episode. It's kind of cool to, you know, hear it from him, uh, everything he was involved with. It's really, really cool. So we'll give it a listen, um, you know, obviously rest in peace, Gene. Um, no easy way to transition here. Should we spin right. this wheel, guys, and uh, 
So <laughs> we got it. we got five topics. I'm not going to announce the topics before we actually hit the wheel. And if we land on a previous topic, then we're just going to go whatever's closest to it. So here we that go. Works. We're going to give it a good spin. Mbappe. So Mbappe, uh, for those who don't know, um, currently a PSG player. He doesn't want to be a PSG player. PSG is trying to sell him this year because if they wait until next year, he can leave on a free. And so he wants to go to Real Madrid. Uh, PSG is like, nope, we're going to bench you and try to find someone to buy you. Uh, Enter the Saudi league who have already apparently struck a deal with PSG for close to 300 million as the transfer fee. And they are offering Mbappe, uh, 700 million for literally a year and then they said you can leave and go play at real madrid on a free so um when you break it down i have a little graphic on the screen it comes out to almost two million a day he would make playing in this league he he would make 1300 a minute and roughly 22 dollar you know 22 euros a second uh, if he went to this league. Kev, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? <laughs> I almost, well, okay. I mean, there's a lot of different topics to go into with this. Well, for, and first of all, are we just like, no, I never mind. Anyway, okay. So, the, the hounds, listen, listen, the Hounds game is one of the things on the, on okay. The that's okay. So that's we'll what talk I was going to, okay. Game. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, you could, we could have a conversation around, you know, the if Mbappe goes, does this um, solidify the Saudi league as serious? Because um, up until this point, I would say the general um, view on it, mine included, is it's kind of like an MLS part two with like great players in the twilight of their career going there to play. Um this would be the big now some people would say um uh what with Mares going there uh and a couple of other people that are like on the right you know under 30 um they're already tr- like starting to legitimize their league having Mbappe go there even for a year I think changes that narrative um and so I, you can we can have that conversation on and then you can just have a conversation about money and like how well, okay so i never thought well so I, I like i didn't really think the whole psg neymar barcelona thing would crack as quick as it would have um and this is just it's not even just like a normal expected like mathematical trend line increase in salary payments or transfer fees this is just silly money, money weird yeah. something that's just kind of mind-boggling it's i didn't a, think i'd be like caught off guard by any number that i would see financially i this this blew me away it's a billion dollars with a b for a player like i don't know if psg was like give us 300 psg wants him gone no other team is coming in and going we'll give you 300 well, million to transfer him to our team to be clear i mean i I think psg would like to keep him but he he he's not going to sign a new contract so they said we we want to make money off of you we're not going to let you go on a free so we want to get rid of you yeah right but i don't think that they're expecting anybody from like the premier league to pony up 300 million so like And, and the saudis know that exactly exactly so to your to your initial question about does this validate the saudi league I think the answer is no, because A, I think their hope is that they sign him and they somehow convince him to stay. I think if they convince him to stay, then there's a little bit more to it. But I think I think the fact that he's already like, if I go, I'm literally just gonna get stupid money. And then my plan is like my pack my bags are still packed. Like I'm just gonna leave a year later. I think that tells you right there that it's not legitimized. And I also think the fact that he hasn't said yes yet, like this came out this morning and there's still no report as to whether or not he has said yes to them. They're like I said, I'll put that graphic back up again. It's literally like 58 million per month 
80, oh, that's my point, Mike. an hour. Like with that, with that kind of why, number. If, how do you not? How do you say no to that? If they were like, "We'll pay you fifty million dollars to kill yourself," I'd be like, "Well, let me think about that." <laughs> like, that it doesn't make logical sense. Those numbers, right? So, like, I'm not shocked. He's immediately saying no. Like, but you're not. You're not going to kill yourself. You're going to go hang out in, you know, in the Saudi league with Ronaldo and Steven Gerrard and just hang out for a year. And then you have like, you know, I, I generationally, you know, his grandkids, grandkids will be set for life over this. So like, how do you ignore? I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I always don't like that argument because if they just are make any sense whatsoever and like safe conservative investing, their grandkids, grandkids, grandkids are set up forever and they don't need to be making 50 okay, million. Okay, Warren Buffett. Josh, what are, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> It just feels silly. It feels like it's there's nothing about this that feels like they're building towards something. It feels like it, we're going to talk about Messi probably as well at some point, but it feels similar to that where I'm just like, this is just a thing that they can do because they all have so much money. So they're just going to do it and it's going to bring a lot of attention to the league short term, probably sell a lot of tickets for the games that he's in. Uh, and make it a spectacle. And then, you know, if he leaves, he leaves. But they got, you know, that cash grab. But it's not about the cash. It's just about the spectacle of the whole thing. And also, for Mbappe, I mean, like, do you really want to play in a crap league that no one cares about? Like, as a soccer player, you only have so much years in you to make a difference and to, like, become known and famous and, like, uh, have a legacy spending a year of that, you know, kind of just twiddling your thumbs away at a crap league here. He has enough money that he doesn't give a crap. You know, like at what point do you not care about the money? It's like, yeah. it's just a number on a page and it's like, cool, more money that like I could never spend in my lifetime. I already have that. So why? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a stupid move on his part, but I do understand the draw of the money. It's just like, okay, how do you say no to that? I guess like, in the back of your head, you're like, okay, I, I'm supposed to do this because that's more money than you know anyone's ever seen as far as like <laughs> this type of contract goes. So it's but at the same time, you already have all that money. Who cares? Just yeah. It's really funny. I don't know if you guys have seen the latest season of the champions on um on YouTube. It's basically like an animated series that they release one episode a week, and it's all about the, the original premise was that there's a it's like a reality show, there's the champions house where if you make it in the champions league, all of the players who are in the champions league live in this house together. And like, it starts to get real. Well, this season, the whole thing is about um, uh, players leaving to go play in the Saudi league. And it turns out that Mbappe was behind it the whole time to try to lure them away so that this generation would be gone and it would just be him versus Holland. And he just wanted Holland so badly to rival him because that's the only way they could be great is if the two of them would like, you know, go up against each other and butt heads against each other. And Holland's like, I don't really care. I just want to score goals. <laughs> but like the fact that this, it almost feels like the Saudi league saw that and we're like, Oh, is that really how he thinks? All right, let's try to try to buy him, and we'll get him into our league. And that'll be that. Also spoilers for champions. Jeez. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. It's still good. Go watch it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, is that, look, I, I don't believe in this. Um, you can make an argument that, okay, uh, next summer is UEFA's European uh, Championships. Um, if Mbappe goes and plays in, you know, a crap league, uh, I put that with a little bit of air quotes, um, then, you know, does that lessen his chances for being picked for the France squad? And I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I think he could... He could go play golf for a year and just hit the gym every day. And I think he'd probably still be picked um, for the Euros. Um, I do think there is a legitimate argument of if he wants legacy, um, then spending a year in Saudi Arabia while Holland is banging in goals in a quote-unquote legitimate league um, – then that just puts him even further behind and he'll never catch Holland barring some injury of Holland or something. Um, so I'm sure he's thinking about that. 
I don't know. Yeah, it's it's to me that's why it's like I can't really have a conversation around like the Mbappe motivations because like all right, if you want to make money, whatever. Like what am I like? What, what I can say like oh, you shouldn't because of moral reasons, and of course it's like bad and all that stuff. But it's like I don't know. So I th- I think the whole like at what point does the Saudi league become legitimate in your eyes? Let's let's expand this out and say um, Mbappe goes. And they sign two starting 11 players from the top 10 clubs in England. You know, are they now legitimately, you know, because they have the money to do it. Like they're, this is, this is monopoly money to them. And like, if you can turn, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they will, I'm not saying this is realistic, but I'm, this is a thought experiment. At what point is, is it a, is it a player quality? conversation to you is if if they hit player quality measurement of x then they become legitimate or is it something different or will they never be legitimate in your eyes because of like all the human rights violations and everything and i mean i think there's that and i think there's it's not it's not players it's team once their teams start beating like teams from legitimate leagues then you could take them seriously so, you know, a lot of people like to argue that like, oh, the Spanish league isn't serious because, you know, they can't beat European teams. That's not true. Like you have Spanish teams that win the Europa League. You have Real Madrid and Barcelona that can shake things up with Premier League teams. So there are a few teams that are legitimate, but like. But we, they'll never be they'll never be in a position where they're playing other, you know, European clubs. Right. So so what is the goal of the Saudi league here? Do they want to be the new the Premier biggest league? entertainment spectacle? If they want to be the new Premier League then like you need to you need to do one of two things you either need to make teams that will compete with premier league teams and and actually you know compete with them or you figure out some other vegas style way of making a spectacle where you have llamas on the field or whatever (laughs) that that makes people watch and i think it's one of those two things and I'm not sure how Mbappe fits into either one of those. So real quick, because I feel like we're just going to talk about Mbappe yes. the whole episode. We got lots of stuff. Uh, Josh, A, would you go? And B, do you think he goes? Do I have the money he already has? Yes. No. So you're not going. Do you think he goes? Uh, I guess just a, probably not. Okay. Kev, do you go? No. Uh, do you think it, he goes honestly i i, I will I, I would say it's not easy to call and i think that answer he, yeah. i think he might and i think it might kind of blow everyone's minds for a year and i, th- I think everyone will would be like what does this mean i don't understand and and people will be writing think pieces left right and center i, I think he might actually go if he goes we're not going to talk about him for a year Right. It's he's not going to be in the conversation unless it's in a different league, like yeah. in a different context. Like this is no disappears. this is no knock on PSG. If he left Man City to go play, I think we talk about it. But the fact that you know most of the focus isn't on. Uh, but my point, like I, I think, it, like it's it's less about we would we would not talk about him or talk about him. We would talk about the league and what this means. Just like we, how I are we like, talking about the league because Ronaldo's there? This is different. Come on, Mike. This I, is, I'm this just is, saying. This is I one know. of the like I Mbappe in current live like 2023 I is still, arguably the best player in the world. No one's making that argument for Ronaldo. I get that, but I also feel like nobody is actually talking about as like back to the plot of the champions. Nobody's really talking about that as much because he's not playing against the best players in the world. He's not. And maybe look, I'm, so yeah, like. Yeah. And they try to put him up with Neymar and Messi, and all they do is fight. So, like, yeah. Uh, If it was me, I would not go. Um, And I think he will go. But we'll see. Next topic. (laughs) Messi, from one superstar to another. Messi made his debut in Miami. I think we may have talked about on the last episode him shopping, like going grocery shopping with his family and like thinking he wasn't going to get recognized. Then he got recognized and just like coolly walked out. Um, 
star-studded debut lots of videos of him hugging lebron and lots of uh, uh images of people Heart taking... owner of liverpool by the way yeah we know okay <laughs> um uh lots of stars with their cameras out taking pictures um and you know messi scores the game winner in stoppage time against cruz a uh, nice little set piece you couldn't have I think Beckham said when he lined up to take the kick, he knew like, well, this is how it's going to be scripted. This is how it's going to go down. And that's oh, it's so easy to say that. He's not saying that if Messi, you know, puts it wide or whatever. Right. Oh man, if you want to put that wide, <laughs> just imagine. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, that, that would have summed it all up right there. Right. Okay. Messi yeah. has lost a touch and now he's gone to MLS and <laughs> Yeah, the team did announce today that Messi will be the captain uh, when they play this weekend. Um, my hot take <laughs> on all of this. Yeah, I I know you have thoughts, Josh. My hot take on all this is that um, the genius move by Miami was not just getting Messi. It was getting Busquets as well, because if you go back and watch all of the highlights, the person feeding Messi the ball the majority of the time was Busquets and he's putting the ball where he knows that Messi will be or Messi needs it in order for Messi to be effective. And I think short of having Busquets, if you just drop Messi into a team of a bunch of players that have no idea how he plays, he's not nearly as impactful. And this is not the same conversation that we're having now. You know, Miami is trying to build, you know, Barcelona part two, I guess, uh, what Jordi Alba has officially signed. And now Miami has officially got another international spot, which I don't know how that works. And they're trying to get Suarez to come play for them, but it's just like, yeah, Josh, give us your take on the whole messy thing. Okay. Um, this is no hate on Messi at all because I, I I do think, you know, Messi was like, Hey, I want to go to America, go to Miami. Sure. I'll live in Miami. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Like my family. The stupid Saudi money was there for him, and he said, "No, nah, no, thanks. I'm going to Miami." Yeah, yeah. Like he, he yeah. went because <laughs> he's not making money in the MLS. <laughs> I mean, he's still making a lot of money, obviously. But yeah, 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 like yeah. my point is though, it's like I don't think it was about the money. Again, they already have stupid money. It doesn't matter. Like the money is just kind of like a given. I I feel like it really is more about like okay, well, like yeah, my family will be happier in Miami than they are going to be in Saudi. Like that's as simple as that but i i still think this is all like this is almost like the way they're stacking miami right now it feels like the harlem globetrotters if they were like actually in the nba Mm -hmm. like it'd be like oh yeah they're a real team in the nba now Like, like it's like no this is a pretend team at this point like this is just like so stupidly you know, dwarfing the rest of the league that it's just going to be like, Oh, Miami's in town. We sell a lot of tickets because everyone wants to watch the, the superstars like do their tricks and then they're going to leave. And it's like, okay, yeah, the team lost, but we made a lot of money and mm-hmm. that's all that matters. And it's a single entity. So every time they do this, the whole league makes a lot of money and all the owners share that. So they don't give a crap. They're just like, yeah, sure. Dunk on our team for, you know, a single game <laughs> this season. And then we get, all of us, you know, rolling cash because of it. It's yeah. it's finally a better way of making money than expanding your team's account every single year. So that way you have like expansion fees to, to roll in. Yeah. This is just the new excuse for that. So there was a moment where I was like, can you imagine if the Hounds drew Miami in the Open Cup and Miami had to come and play at Highmark Stadium? And then I was like, Messi and Busquets are not playing on Highmark Stadium's yeah. field. Like their their knees would not take that. They're, so. they're going to look at that turf and be like, mm, no. no. Uh, yeah. If you play it at, I mean, honestly, what would happen is that we'd probably rent out Heinz Field or something like that to play that game. Yeah, it, it would not be at. Uh, high mark because we, to me people would want to go to it anyway they would make a yeah. lot more money just actually renting the field yeah yeah kev what's your thoughts on Messi and miami it's weird i i don't care as much as other like i don't know conversation points it's like okay cool like he's there he's doing his thing you know i don't know what ibrahimovic made a similar splash like his first game and then LA, yeah I don't know. I don't know what the narrative of him in the MLS was 12 months later. Yeah. Um, part of me wants to say, are we, you know, is he, is he going to do this every week, you know, in a, a game in game out and like 
change the face of everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, I maybe the more yeah, the, I I like what Josh was talking about about like like a Harlem Globetrotter kind of thing where you have this like game within a game, this like this entertainment package that is kind of the sideshow circusy kind of thing. Sounds a little harsh. No, I'm saying it out loud, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I, and I think that's kind of interesting and whether or not I do think, I don't know, like, cause I, I don't like it. I think it's kind of weird. Um, Josh, I get this. I'm picking up on the context of what you're saying. I, I, it sounds like you don't really like it either. I don't know if that's probably a <laughs> too non-nuanced vert, like, you know, I don't know, but it, it, it will do what they want it to do, which is to make the league money. Right. I don't think it does anything to advance MLS as far as a legitimate league and make it feel like a legitimate league. Because when you do this, you're basically top loading a team on purpose. Like we've had other teams in MLS get really big and like have more money than the rest of them, like uh, an LA Galaxy and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the always what it comes down to isn't so much about how much money that team has. It's that they're at a desirable location that when a player says, Hey, I want to move to the United States to play uh, for, you know, however many years they'll go, okay, where would you like to live? Yeah. And that's what yeah. team you'll play for. Cause they're a single entity. That's not like a situation. Like they'll make up this, you know, like, Oh, they, this one had an international uh, spot or this one, you know, has a DP and this one doesn't, but they trade those left and right. And it doesn't matter whatever the player wants, if it's a big enough player, they're going to play wherever they want to play. If, but, if he was going to Columbus, would you would you be singing a different <laughs> tune? Josh? I would be wondering why he wants to go to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, this, this brings up like the interesting thing though, is um, what if, okay. So Josh, you brought up like the long-term goal of the MLS if the long-term goal of the MLS is to raise the standard of the MLS and raise the standard of soccer in America, you have, that's one outcome over here. Or you have, that's one motivation maybe over here. The other motivation, if you take the viewpoint that no matter what we do, we will never be a top five soccer league in the world. And therefore we have to, we're, our, we're we, we should be motivated by a different thing and that different thing is to be as much as a kind of colorful bubblegum you know entertainment package that you can get because we can't we can't compete in being a top five league in the world and if it's that then i get it but it sounds you're, you're saying like no don't be that like try to race <laughs> try yeah to race like, the level. there's no reason why they can't be a top tier league and like they were the united states we have you know a huge population a lot of money in entertainment and sports gets thrown around here like there's no reason why we can't do become that top one of the top leagues and like if you want to do that you have to it's not as sexy but you have to essentially (laughs) make the you know academies the best academies in the world and like you gotta grow that player base that way you don't do it just by throwing around a lot of money. I mean, you can like, obviously, you know, there's plenty of European leagues that do that. And like, you know, man city, you can just have all the money in the world and just be like, okay, we're just buying all the best players, but the league itself has to be in a situation that can compete or at least make those games entertaining still. And we're not there. I think that's all legit and fair. I think there is another piece to this, Kev, or, you know, you guys both sort of talk about the location. That's one of my big beefs with MLS is they have these rules where it's like, you know, if, if what was it when Josie Altador came back, there was a whole thing about like, oh no, allocation order. Like I know that this team wants it, but Toronto's in last place. So they get the pick if that's where, if that, if they want them. But the second that Beckham or Stevie G or Messi want to come, it's just like, where you guys want to go? Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, yeah, we'll set that up. That's great. Um, and and that does make me think too that you know, Kev, your point about Zlatan. I think the shelf life of Stevie G was two seasons in in MLS. Beckham was not that long. Uh, Zlatan was maybe a little over a year. It does make me wonder how long 
this spectacle will go on. Like how many years does Messi plan on playing in Miami? And I'm wondering how much of this is being done with an eye towards the world cup coming here in a few years. So it's like build up the hype around us soccer so that when the world cup comes, we are at peak uh, interest level in us soccer. And then after the world cup is over, you somehow continue to ride that wave. And there's a whole conversation. I, I had it on our list. We're not gonna have time to talk about it, but uh, go listen to Hounsey. They did a good job talking about the whole pro rel discussion in um, the USL where it came back up again, where, you know, all of the owners are going to get together and it's on the docket to vote for whether or not they should talk about it further. So it's not even like it's a thing, but um, there is this eye towards all of the leagues are trying to figure out how can we capitalize on the popularity of the world cup coming here in a few years. And, you know, in the case of MLS, it's like sign Messi for a few years. You get a bunch of stars to go to games and tweet out and or X out or whatever the hell they're calling it now, um, you know, that they were there and interest in it and see what happens. So, yeah. In the last World Cup that the United States got, we got the MLS. If all we get for this World Cup is a couple of big name stars in the MLS, I think that's kind of crap. Uh, okay, so we landed on Mbappe again and Messi's exit. We're gonna move over to Hounds Lose. So, <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about the Hounds and the Hounds right. podcast. Yeah, the cool. Hounds lost. So, the Hounds lost three to one to the battery. I had a really bad feeling about this game. I still predicted, I think, a one nothing win, um, on YouTube because I was like, why not? Uh, <laughs> but um, DZ Harmon got the late goal with the with the assist from Blackstock, but otherwise, good goal. It felt like one of those games, Kev. You know, at one point, it was during COVID when Aston Villa played Liverpool and Villa won seven to two, and like you were not watching the game, and then you you know like I'm like I'm all giddy. I'm like like sending you messages and you're like stop telling me, and then you saw the score and you were like I really don't care. Like it's such an anomaly that like I could dig into the analysis, I can try to figure it out, but it's so literally we gave up three goals. We let up as many goals in this game as we did in the past 11 games combined. So like, did anybody here see anything that makes you think that this was more than just a blip that makes you nervous about the games this week because of what happened? Or do you think that it was just kind of like, well, okay, like streaks over, there goes our night, pack it up, move on to the next one. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say... I the only thing that I, that I that sticks in my head, I think, what it was the second goal uh, they scored, and I don't, I I can't remember the player, but it was like our left back or left center back um, is a little slow to get back onside, and that's what plays their player onside, and they finish. I, I hate that kind of stuff because it to me that shows a drop in focus, a drop in concentration a drop in intensity and potentially a little bit of lack of organization, a little bit of lack of maybe leadership about like getting everyone on side again. Um, I mean, if, I don't know if, if once again, if you're, if you're going to win a championship, like you need to be on it a hundred percent of the, like a hundred and you can't let levels drop for a second in any game. And then and this is, and you get punished. And so that was a little, cause it just, it, we looked a little sloppy and I hate sloppy. If you want to be a championship side. Um, other than that, to me, no, I chalk up everything. I think we created better chances than they did. I think we created probably even more chances than they did. I thought our goal was probably better than any goal they scored. A little worrisome on the set pieces. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that. And I we haven't, I don't know. I don't think we've been that bad about defending set pieces all season. So that's, I'm a little head scratchy around that one. I don't know if that's something that we need to be concerned about just because it felt like they kept getting at us time and time again uh, uh, with, with set pieces over the game. So I think there's some stuff that if I was Lily... I, you know, what, like, Mike, like how you kind of set it up, you, two options, really. You can just say, guys, forget this game. 
forget this game ever existed. It's going to do us more harm by trying to sift through the pieces and learn something out of this than it would if we just pretend it never happened and just remember the great team that we are and the games leading up to this. Or you can say, you know, got the, you know, there were serious things here and we need to talk about them. And, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards that. I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's a hard one. You're kind of right in the middle, but I think there was enough lessons to be learned there that like, we, I don't think we can just completely wipe, you know, men in black, this thing from our brain and just move on. I think, I think there is enough there to be, to, to talk about. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think one big thing would be playing from behind. Um, they score what in like tenth minute, and after that, it, it like we we had a lot, like you're saying, Kevin. We had a lot of good opportunities. We had some great shots on goal, uh, some great saves. Uh, speaking of saves, I think Jamali actually had a lot of great saves. But that's the problem. He had so many coming at him that you know I can say he had a lot of great saves and also say we lost by you know a three to one. So it's yeah. like. Not good. Letting in three goals, but you still had like a lot of saves. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it felt like they they switched off. And that was was it the second or the third goal, the one that was like the they thought it was offside, and they just kind of like let it go. And yeah, it's like, nope, goal. that's yeah. a goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, no, you can't let that happen. Like, even if you think it's offside, you have to keep on after that ball. But everyone's just like, oh, okay, it's offside. Oh, what? <laughs> So that was just an embarrassing goal, uh, annoying goal. And yeah, this whole game just felt that way where it was just like, come on, we got to do better than this. Will the results and what we saw in this one at all impact your predictions for the games this Wednesday against Indy and the game on Saturday against Memphis? Or do you just have not necessarily men in black it from your mind, but do you just say that like, that's not, the team that we are that's not the players that we are and i'm going to base this off of the previous 12 13 games that i am this one see that's the tough part because like kind of what josh was saying i think from a technical and even tactical tactical standpoint i think we look good and i think we looked we looked the better team pretty clearly in my view what lost us this game by two goals <laughs> was the mental aspect of things and i think that's a really hard thing to so much i think of momentum and all is just mentally where you as a squad are at and so if this is starting to show cracks in like how they like you know if, if it was just something where we couldn't we couldn't connect to pass this game for the life of us we couldn't you know we couldn't shoot you know, we, we could we couldn't hit the net I would be more willing to say, look, this does not reflect what we've seen. It's a bad night. Just cut it. To me, it's mentally, that's a whole nother game. And it does, it doesn't worry me by any stretch of the imagination. We're still, we're still top of the East. We're a great team. This is a very good team. And I'm very happy with where we're at. But if there would be one thing that starts to kick us off the tracks, the start of something that kicks us off the tracks, it could be something like this. Josh, does it impact how you look at these next two games at all? I mean, the only way it impacts, I would say, is just the fact that congestion. Like, it's not so much this game itself, like the result. It's the fact that, well, kind of the result because of the fact that we we had to play hard then because we were behind the whole game. So they were, you know, running harder. They were working harder uh, to catch up. And then because of that, they're going to be tireder uh, going into this game and on Wednesday because it is a short rest. So, like that aspect it makes me a little bit concerned but it's not really because they lost by two it's just the congestion catching up to them is what i'm worried about i think if the hounds bounce back and play really well and get a win in the next game then this game means nothing to me and i'm happy to move on yeah agreed i think the, the fact that it was in charleston you know heat was a factor Traveling is a factor. The fact that we're going to be back at Highmark, it hopefully won't be as hot. I I think there's enough factors in play that I don't think this is going to impact my prediction for these next two games. I don't disagree that there are mental things that, 
you know, once you're sitting at the top, sometimes it's look, we've done it where we're looking around. We're like, who's going to beat us? Like you start looking around as a player. Yeah, like, who's taking down this podcast? No way. Right. Like, we're, we're, <laughs> we're the top of the league. Like, you know, when we're doing our predictions, it's like, ah, we can't predict anything but a win. Like who would not pick a win? It, literally the, the pick standings didn't move at all because nobody picked a draw or a loss in this game. So like, it just, I think we all sort of get a little haughty about where we are and hopefully, you know, a loss shakes it up a little bit and, uh, and helps you to reset and be like, you know what, maybe we're not that great. Maybe we do have to not switch off and work for everything that we, that we got. I will do, I said maybe as a last point the it seems if you're going to try to isolate and kind of localize where the problem was, it did seem mostly defensive. I think offensively we look good. I think a lot of things in like their half of the field, I think played really well. It was yeah. just, we were kind of in shambles defensively, which is odd. Two more topics. Okay. Uh, Premier League preseason. So Premier League preseason is in full swing. Guys, just like real quick, stuff's going on in America. I know that uh, Lara Allen and Justin and Steve were all in Philadelphia to see Brighton play Chelsea. I watched the game last. I was shocked that there was like actual coverage, like NBC coverage, like Rebecca Lowe was on the sidelines for Aston Villa versus Newcastle last night. How'd you watch it? It was on uh, Peacock. Oh, cool. So I watched it live. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about Villa at this point. I had considered getting tickets to go to games. Then I was like, those are stupid expensive. And I just went to Iceland. So I'm not going to do that. Now I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of wish I went. Um, Always buy the tickets. Yeah, I know. How, and anything how, in life. Yeah. How are how are you guys feeling about your squads? Real quick, Josh, how are you feeling about Everton? Uh, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> like it's, it, it seems like, I think we've made one signing that I remember right now. Like, I don't even remember who it was. I just you, you guys got Ashley Young from That's, Villa, yeah. which I was bummed about. I thought they should have kept him around, but he's also like almost 30. So, or almost 40. So exactly. So yeah. it wasn't exactly something I was like, Oh, cool. That's, that's fantastic. It's just like, Oh, okay. That's a, a signing, I guess. Like not what we need right now, but it's a signing. And uh, what is it? Wigan. They beat Wigan. Uh, one zero. I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, Wigan played the Riverhounds one time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not feeling too great about any of this right now, but maybe they'll pull it out. Maybe they'll make some signings before the season starts. We'll see. But I don't think so. Does does like hot take? Does Everton stay up this year? Uh, I think so. I can't handle them being down <laughs> again. So I'm just going to say, yes, I, I want a regular middle of the road season just to get us through until we get our stadium uh, complete because it'll be ready by the next season. So Kev, how are you feeling about Liverpool? Real quick. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, uh, having some audio issues. Um, oh, not good at all. <laughs> um, uh, with, what seems to be Fabinho and Henderson leaving, which is still dragging on and that's causing problems in itself. Um, injuries all over the place. We don't know where Trent's going to play. Um, I don't feel great. Come on, man. Uh, well, the, fine. Then we need to buy right back. It, it, there's just the crate. I mean, we're, there's less than three weeks before the first game, which mm -hmm. is insane. Mm -hmm. And so, and it just feels like Liverpool still have to do a lot of business. And that that doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, so I do think we'll be better than last season, just because it was hard to not be. We don't have a right to be by any means, but um, I don't know. Some of the interviews with Klopp and everything, Klopp seems to be very positive and in good spirits, and you know he knows how bad last season was. And, um, so I, you know, I feel okay. Um, and there's just there's just a lot of question marks. I think there people were saying like, can you remember the last time where you've had what at this point it's like five people in a midfield leave potentially six, and That's the lot. team does well next season, and it's That's like no, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, if 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 Mbappe could sign for Liverpool, would you want him? If Mbappe could sign for Liverpool, would I yes. want him? Of yes. course. Are you kidding I me? I don't think I would. I think I think he's toxic, and I think that he takes your team down with him. It's okay to be wrong. 
<laughs> I mean, I think I think you have a Ronaldo at Man United situation like last year. I think it just it becomes the the Mbappe show, and that's not Liverpool. It's not you never walk without Mbappe. It's you know you never walk alone. You go together. So I'd rather walk alone. <laughs> All right, we got one topic left, so I'm going to spin this anyway just because I like listening to it. Is it going to land on it? It did! U.S. Women's National Team. So, um, Women's World Cup is in full swing, obviously, uh, and it's doing quite well. Uh, I have a... a, uh, Oh, where's my image here? So, somebody posted today, I believe that FIFA announced that one and a half million tickets have been sold for the 2023 Women's World Cup five days into the tournament. That was the sales target number for the entire tournament. So selling out left and right, um, huge interest all over the world. I think the fact that the women's had their Euros just a few years ago and England and Germany and France were all popping off. Like all the countries are invested in a way that I think America has invested. The women's team beat Vietnam 3 nothing. Uh, last week, I think it was Friday night. Uh, they now get ready to face the Netherlands on Wednesday night. So you're going to have to have sort of two screens, watch hounds and the women's team. Although I think the women's team might be late. I think they're it is later. Yeah. So you can watch the hounds game and then jump over and watch the women's game. Um, <laughs> us had 28 shots to Vietnam's guess how many, guess how many three, like zero. No, I, I was going to say, yeah, I, watched, zero I, I watched it and I, I, <laughs> I thought maybe I'd miss some, but yeah. Yeah. Sophia Smith had two goals. Uh, the first goal, the flick from Alex Morgan was just like, oh, like it was just beautiful. Um, there's something that's very uh, pure and raw about the women's game that I appreciate that. I think that the argument that a lot of people make about not watching local soccer is because they're like, they want to watch the best. And so they'll only watch premier league women's world i mean any of the world cup is not the best because it's not a club team but i think women's even further so you're watching it because you want to support the teams and and the play is all relative to the other teams on the field and so there's a lot of times where you're just like oh that wasn't the best play or, or you know that wasn't this or that or the other thing but you still get behind the team you still root for the team and it's still amazing to see what they could do U.S. women's team have a chance to win three in a row, which is the first time that would ever happen, and they're sort of favorites. But they do come up against the Netherlands on Wednesday. The Netherlands beat Portugal 1-0 in their group game, so these are most likely going to be the top two teams in the group um, battling out on Wednesday night. So, guys, any thoughts from Josh? You mentioned you watched the game. I watched the game as well. Any thoughts from, from what you saw? I mean, they still look great. It's really cool to watch this team right now because it is a lot of the uh, older players that everyone knows and loves that, you know, the Mega Rapino and like that, that, that lot. And then you have the younger players that are coming up and it's, it's a huge age gap. I can't remember yeah. what it is, but it's just giant. Um, and like, uh, I didn't realize, okay, I'm, I'm not, you know, a huge super follower of everything, but uh, Rodman, uh, yeah. What's her name? I can't remember her name, but it's Dennis Rosman's daughter is yes. playing in the World Cup. I had no clue. I was like, that that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also, just so you know, uh, that if you do want to watch the game on Wednesday, the Hounds are doing a watch party after the game. So you can go watch the Hounds. Uh, and then after, you know, the autograph session, all that kind of stuff, they're going to put the game up on the uh, Jumbotron. And uh, I guessing they're going to still have, you know, vendors or some vendor stuff there. Uh, so you can watch the game afterwards. So, yeah, yeah it'll be very cool. Kev, any thoughts on the, on the women's world cup at this? I know it's early stages. We're still in group play, but any no, I, I mean, I think it's great. So the other night, Riley and I kind of just went on YouTube and just watched like all the highlights of, of all the games. And uh, one of the last highlights we watched was um, the U S versus Vietnam. And, yeah, I mean, it's just great because, like, the U.S. just looks so good <laughs> compared to everyone else. And I, I just really impressed, really impressed with the play. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, geez. I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'll, I'll be watching. I'll be watching all the highlights. I, it'll be tough for me, I think, to catch, like, live games. Um, I don't know how often I'll do that. 
Um, but, uh, but Mike, I mean, you were talking about like just reasons to watch too. I mean, like at the end it's entertaining, like yeah. it's good play. Right. I mean, it's like, it's, it's good soccer to watch. And so, um, you know, it, and it's just drama happens in games. I mean, so you tell, like, I don't care. I, you know, it's, if it's two, two and someone goes down in the box and stoppage time in the 90th minute and someone gets a penalty, I don't care if that's your like league out the door in your neighborhood or like you know mbappe in saudi arabia that stuff is entertaining and 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 i'm not you know so there's a whole host of reasons to watch and on top of it you know all these players are really really good um i didn't see it but riley mentioned to me she saw some kind of like i guess it was like an advertising campaign where they did like some deep fake thing where um oh, yeah it was yeah it was it, it it made it look like it was all like the best men's players in the world scoring all these goals, but really it was like women scoring all the goals and they kind of reveal that at the end through like AI deep fakes or whatever. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a, it's just, it's a good competition. It's entertaining. The U S are awesome. So watch it. <laughs> yeah. It makes me really yearn for uh, the USL women's league, the USL super league, there are, they're still sort of announcing teams and you see different cities that are lining up. And I'm just like, Pittsburgh got a women's team, man. Like I, I just feel like this team would embrace it in a way that like, it, it would be amazing. It'd be great. We'd have two teams to talk about. It would, it would be fantastic. So I my, all, quick, quickly too. I don't, I don't follow the uh, US women's team that closely. I don't know. Rose Lavelle, who's a midfielder for them, is like my favorite player. I was yeah. a little annoyed that she wasn't uh, starting against Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the situation is there, but I, I want to watch her play more because, yeah, I think she's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see all the young talent, Josh, to your point. There's this big gap. Uh, Rapino has already said this is her last tournament, so I think there's a lot of people that are pulling for her. Who knows how many more tournaments Alex Morgan has in her? Um, so you do sort of see this changing she of the guard. She looked like a really, like she was on it. In yeah. This game. Yeah. I did. I, I saw a comment this morning from Carly Lloyd who retired after the last round, but she was saying of, um, of, uh, Sophia, Sophia Smith, that like, as, as Carly Lloyd was getting older, ice baths became more and more of a thing, which is like the case for a lot of pros. And she was stunned how Sophia Smith would just jump in there every single after every single game with her, like every single day. And she was just like this sponge of like soaking up information and being like, how do I like get my body to last longer? How do I do? And I mean, she looked great. So yeah, I, it's, it's exciting. We'll, we'll see the passing of the torch. It feels like in this one to a certain extent. Rodman looked really good too. I was yeah. impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Trinity. Yeah. That's her name. Trinity. Trinity Rodman. Rodman. Yeah. I had to look it up. I she won what the USL. Uh, no, no, not USL. What's the the other women's league? Um, I don't think it's the USL women's league. But what uh, player of the year last year? So okay. like, yeah, um, yeah, good stuff. Sorry, I was just trying to look up the age gap too because I'm really curious what the age gap is, yeah. but not easily finding it. <laughs> well, guys, that's that's everything we had on the wheel. Um, I had also already mentioned pro rel, the whole Twitter X thing. Like we need to figure out what's going on there. Um, I, it still looks like a bird on my phone. So maybe I, I whatever, we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> in terms of pick them, as I mentioned, there's no movement, uh, because, uh, everybody got the call wrong this week. So Laura Ellen is still holding down the top at 20 points. I'm there at 19. Keaton Lehman good has 19. Kevin, you have dropped out of the top three. Yeah. You've been getting a free ride. Cause yeah, uh, okay. I've been to, uh, on right. a plane. Sure. So. Okay. Michael Finn has 17. Devin Pale has 16. So as we always mentioned, um, the, the, the person who ends the season with the most points that isn't involved with Mongol. So me, Laura Ellen, Kev, Josh, uh, Justin, Steve, we cannot win this. Whoever has the most points at this point, it's Keaton Liebengood. We'll get two free season tickets to the Hounds for 2024. So if you're interested in playing, head over to um, YouTube. YouTube, uh, uh, we are at Mongols at YouTube. Two days before every game, we put up a, a post. You just leave a comment at the bottom with your score prediction. If you get the score prediction right, you get three points. Uh, if you get the result right, you get one point. If you get neither of those right, you get zero points. 
whoever ends the season with the most points gets two free season tickets. So Keaton, you are in pole position, but you have people snapping at your heels, only two points behind you. So don't get too comfortable. In terms of the standings, guys, yes, we did lose, but we are still sitting at the top of the table with 38 points. The battery now bounced into second. They are still two points back on us. Uh, right behind them is Tampa, Memphis, Birmingham, Louisville, Tulsa, Detroit, and sitting just beneath the playoff line are Indy, Loudon, Miami, and Hartford on 13 points. So the odds of Hartford making it into the playoffs are probably nil. Um, as I mentioned, guys, two games this week. We talked about this a little bit. We have Indy on Wednesday. Uh, just real quick on Indy. They have had a decent run of games recently they are beneath the playoff line but they drew nil nil with tampa on saturday and they finished one one with the battery and the game before that so they're competing with teams that are further up the east at least recently the last time we played indy was towards the end of april it was a one one draw shocker deke was scored um in terms of former hounds that are there the only one that's there is robbie dambrot which there was a whole thing last season where he wasn't getting minutes so he went and played there instead and still there um it's Indy. Like I, Indy was the team to hate until we played Cincy again. And then it was like, I really hate Cincy. Still kind of hate <laughs> Indy. They, they seem a little bit more bearable because they're not Cincy, but they're still not great. Um, Josh, how do you think this one plays out? You talked a little bit about congestion. How are you feeling? I'm still feeling really good about this. I mean, y- you say that Indy is having a, a good form, but they, they still haven't won a game in a while, right? Right. Like, so it's it's not great form. And uh, I, I do think, at, you know, for Highmark and all that, uh, I, I, I'm still predicting a win for this game. Score prediction, what do you got? Um, let's do 2-0. 2-0. Kev, what do you think? I think it's more likely that the, the Charleston game was not us falling off a cliff, and it was more of a blip. I think we still played really well. And so I am going to say we 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 do well against Indy. And yeah, I'll uh, say 1-0. Okay. I am also going to say 1-0. I think it likely could be more than that, but I'm going to be happy with a 1-0 win. I think even... Oof, like, Why are you not happy with a 1-0 win? No, I, I know. But like I was going to say, I'd even be happy with a draw after the Charleston thing just to sort of like right the ship. But I don't... I think a draw at Highmark against a non-playoff team is not like that. That is more cause for concern. I agree. So yeah. I think that if you go and you get the goal and, and if it's one, nothing, then we chalk it up congestion. Like Josh said, like, okay, you get the goal, you get the points, you, you close it out, you shut it down, done. So get another shutout, which the hounds are still leading the league in shutouts. We have 10. I think Louisville is right behind us with nine. So again, or 10 yeah. shutouts in 21 games is kind of insane. Um, get that streak going uh, and keep on with that. So yeah, I'll say I'll say one nothing and I will be happy with that. And then we followed up with a game on Saturday against Memphis. Memphis also coming to town. Um, they have been on a West Coast kick recently. Their last five matches have all been against Western Conference teams. So it's hard to get a gauge on how they fare. Six games ago, they beat the Battery 3-2. to two. I, Sure. Like the battery have sort of been up, down, left, right. So it's hard to gauge where, where they fall in terms of former hounds. They do have Jelani Peters in their squad. His minutes have been sort of hit or miss, but you know, we were a big fan of Jelani when he was here on the back line for us uh, last season. So um, currently Memphis sit fourth in the East. They are eight points back from us. So they are going to be looking at this as a potential six point swing, which we do not want to give them. Um, and the last time we played them was back in March. It was a 3-1 win. And guess who got all of our goals for us? Dequa. It was Albert Dequa. So two games that we're talking about this week. Dequa got all four goals last time we played these two teams. So um, thoughts on this one? I mean, it, it, this is where it gets hard where it's like, okay, you know, how do you say anything different than what we just said for Indy? Kev, I feel like you could. So I'm going to start with you. <laughs> I'm not saying that you should. I'm saying that you could. So are you going to, or are you just going to be like, well, no, I, I feel the same way. No, I mean, I honestly, I, I feel pretty similar. I think having two home games back to back, I think are helpful for writing your focus. I think having, having the fans in front of you, 
um, if, if any, I mean, this can be almost be additive and like compounding rather than detracting, even though I understand the congestion aspect of it that Josh, you kind of alluded to earlier in the show. Um, no, I think, you know, to me, I, I see these games as essentially the same game. Um, and yeah, the same outcome. One, no, one, no, Josh, what do you think? I do think Memphis right now at this moment is a better team than Indy is. Um, so that concerns me, but also it's a weakened game. So I feel like the crowd will be bigger and uh, more exciting that, you know, the whole home crowd advantage thing will be better. Uh, I think it's going to be a harder game though. I, but I'm still going to say one zero. I, I, the, but it's amazing to me that every game that I've watched at Highmark has been when I mean when the Hounds are at Highmark, it feels like the atmosphere it just ices the opponent. It seems like they just move in a haze, and it's just everything kind of slows down for them, but not for us. And it just has the opposite effect. I yeah, I just our home form is ridiculous, and it's I, I yeah, that's such a such an valuable thing for us this season. I oh crud. You're going to say draw, aren't you? I feel no, it. no. But listen, I was going to bring this up. I think if we get a win against Indy and then a draw against Memphis, I feel better about it than if we got a draw against Indy. Then I'd be more concerned going into Memphis. Just because so you I, hate Indy. No, 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 no. I think it's because based on where they stand and based on what they've been doing recently, I feel like Memphis is the better team. So if we if we take down Indy because we're supposed to then at least Memphis should be challenging us in theory. So I feel better about a draw against Memphis. So if, if we come out of this with four points, I think I still feel okay out of these two games. I don't feel awful. I'd love six. So part of me wants to say two, one in this game. Like I'd love for the shutout streak to continue, but I do feel like at some point we're going to let in some goals. So I'm going to, I'm going to say two, one, and then I'm going to drop points and pick them, but I'm going to say two, one, and that's what it'll be. (laughs) That is what we think. Let us know what you think. Um, Guys, we touched on a gajillion topics today. It feels like it just literally, there was a point this weekend where I was like, man, what, what it is to be a soccer fan right now in America. Cause it's just, Everywhere you look, there's soccer. You have the World Cup. You have Messi. You have Hounds. You have um, uh, Premier League starting up. If you have a team you follow, like they're getting in the groove. Signings, like it's just, it's everywhere. So it's it's great. There is a whole conversation to be had that there's so much soccer that it's detracting from the Women's World Cup, which I wish there was maybe a little bit more attention on it, but it's also doing really well. So hopefully everybody's tuning in and paying attention and uh, and enjoying that as much as you can. And as we said, watch the Hounds on Wednesday night against Indy and then just flip over and uh, and watch the women. I don't know why, like who still has a manual clicker on their TV? Why did I go like you don't do that that's just dumb anyway we're um, old yeah we're old so old um but yeah that's what we think let us know what you think like i mentioned head over follow us on youtube we're still on twitter we're on uh threads uh we will put reminders there to go and get your score predictions in for both of the games this week you have potentially get six points and really jump up the pick table so make sure that you get those score predictions in otherwise guys anything else that uh we should touch on tonight are we good I totally talked about going to my mom's retirement. I realized that was the week before. And I thought it was, and I was like, I'm just going to let him go. It's cool. I, I, I realized it after. I was like, <laughs> this was the away game. I'm just not used to having away games. I'm like, oh, the weekend means Hound's home game. What did I do last Hound's home game? And that's what I was thinking of. I Let's went to see. a bar to watch him. I went to Bulldog. You went to Bulldog? Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, other than the fact that we lost. Yeah. I, I all aspects of time i have to do a presentation here in two weeks for my company and i was like oh last one i did was like january no it was like the end of april so like all concept (laughs) of time for me is just gone it just all blurs together so yeah don't feel bad we're old i think that's it thanks everybody we'll talk to you very very soon cheers later